gentlemen. It is Tuesday night. The results show from Sunday's pay-per-view. Mm. WWE Fastlane, the PNC British Wrestling Podcast is here. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Good, man. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we're uh, doing the uh, follow-up shows tonight, especially, especially because we... Um, we got a lot of WrestleMania-related info uh, coming out of Raw, so uh, we do have we do have a lot more of an idea of what the um, of what the WrestleMania card looks like in an official capacity. Not 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 that a fan under the age of fifteen couldn't have figured out exactly what was going to happen, but um, you know it's just nice to have something in an official capacity. However, um, I can't, I can't say I'm overly impressed. Um, not so much by the matches because as, as we'll see, I'm actually looking forward to some of these. And I think, I think, now don't quote me on this. I think you're going to get a a more positive take out of me, uh, this evening than usual. Um, I just have a few um, logistical uh, concerns in terms of, and when I say logistical in this particular case, I mean logic related. So um, we'll have plenty of that going in. And then uh, we got the fun stuff to close out the show uh, with, um, with our Ben's homework corner. I I finished that with uh, a half an hour to spare, so I was on top of my. Well, ship. let me tell you what what all we have tonight for the fans. Right. You have, of course, Fast Lane, followed by Monday Night Raw. Which, which, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Elio uh, did not watch and. God bless you. You're such an intelligent individual. And I urged, I urged my co-host, and this should, this should, should illustrate really the best of our brotherhood. Uh, I urged him not to watch it just to save himself the agony and, um, and we'll get into that uh, plenty, plenty of that with the low points of Monday Night Raw. So, and following that, we have Ben's homework corner, which will feature WWE Raw from January 7, two thousand two, which was highlighted by the return of Triple H. Absolutely. And of course, um, we're gonna go through the list because I want to see exactly how many assignments we've completed in the short time that we've been doing this. And there's plenty more. Oh, I'm sure there is. You are quite the active for professor with your lesson plans. Now, if the if the show that I follow is uh, in fact gonna not be continuing, um, we're gonna go back to the, um, well, I'm gonna go back to the time work format, but it's still gonna be Ben's homework corner. I'm just gonna select. I'm gonna play around and select stuff from like the '80s and then the '90s. Cool, absolutely. All right. So we see we get up on um, with the show, and, and um, oh, before we do that, 
following Ben's homework corner. Ben, you're going to create your own AEW faction. <laughs> well, I, actually, actually, you know what, man? In all, in all seriousness, um, that's, uh, that's an exciting prospect because, you know, we've, we've, gone, we've gone over this and, and, and we'll get into plenty of more AEW stuff on, uh, on Saturday's edition. Um, but, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that I like about AEW. But then again, there are just several glaring problems. And, and because of that, and h- how I would do things a little bit differently, having the opportunity to kind of, um, I hate using the term fantasy book, but just having the opportunity to like build my own faction in terms of how I would do things, that's an exciting prospect for me. And we're going to end the show with I'm curious to see how well my co-host knows Drew McIntyre. So we have eight trivia questions for you. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully I do better. I was a little bit um, I was a little bit embarrassed at my 50-50 Knowledge regarding Stone Cold Steve Austin the last time he did this. So, what? <laughs> I, I was a little, I was a little, I was a little, <laughs> what? At myself. Yes, yes, I, th- I, I think you're jumping too far ahead to the to the January 7th, 2002 review. All oh, your shit. horses there, fella. Uh, all right, Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we see we get it on with the we get it started with the, the fast lane review. Absolutely. All right, so fast lane took place on um well on uh, Sunday, March twenty first, from I believe it was uh, Tropicana is where they've been, right? Yes. Yep, Tropicana Field. Okay. But still, it's the award-winning. I still don't get that. What kind but, of award is that that they but, won? But actually, actually, Elio, pay attention to your own show, you person. All right. Because we we already broke the news of what award they won. No, no, I know. I I was about to say that we already announced we already uh, announced uh, what, which award they won. I'm just saying, what kind of award is this that they won? I don't understand. I get it. Well, uh, honestly, Elio, and and you know, I'm kind of becoming a professional at sounding like a smartass on this podcast, which I actually am trying to improve on because I'm a little too cynical for my own liking. Um. I don't know, it, you know, it's it just, it's one of those things where you have to wonder if, if it's one of those companies that WWE has in its back pocket, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or, you know, it could be legit. I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other. Um, it, it just seems to me that WWE is really, really stretching it for like mainstream attention, and you know, I I can understand them uh, claiming that, especially especially when we were earlier when, when we were earlier in the uh, in, you know the Thunderdome process. 
But now, now it is just so overplayed and and just redundant, especially especially given the fact that the Thunderdome doesn't look any different in Tropicana Field of all places than what it looked like in the Performance Center. I mean, look, I don't know the the logistics and the setup and, and you know and the and the time it takes to put put all the screens in place but um i i i would have thought look i'm this is not a criticism this is just my own thinking okay i would have thought that it would have looked a little bit different in tropicana field because it's a you know it's a stadium uh you know versus versus like a uh you know a warehouse type setting um so you know, it, it's just overplayed at this point, and I think I think part of my aforementioned cynicism is just the fact that I'm so burned out on these um, on these pandemic shows and how they've been booked. And anytime I hear uh, WWE tooting their own horn, it's just like, please just move on. We know, you know. So, so that's just me. I don't, now I know you don't. I know you don't watch the uh, kickoff show, so I will uh, start with that one. Which I, I you didn't watch this one, did you? No. Oh, because they had uh, Riddle defending the U.S. Championship against Mustafa Ali. Okay. All right. So, so I I knew that, of, of course. But once again, right off the bat, I have to start with a pet peeve. But once again, this is just this is just a personal thing that we've gone over time and time again. But I have to say it because it never goes out of style in terms of its relevance to to, to how I look at things. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why any championship match outside of like the twenty four seven or um, you know, the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, so I don't give a shit. But outside of those two titles, I don't understand how any title is going to be featured on a pay-per-view, but then again, not really, because it's on a pre-show. Like, you know, can't you have, like, a not, like a, like a really solid non-title match on the pre-show? You know, like, I, I don't know, give uh, give Drew Gulak and Tony Nese some time or or, right. some, or you know, put or put Austin Theory on, on the pre-show or something and kind of and kind of you know, give him like a reintroduction to the, to the main roster when it's that time. I'm not saying now, but I'm just saying like you know, those are the kinds of of people that I would put on a pre-show. I wouldn't put a championship of, of you know, what used to be prestigious um, value. You know, nowadays, the, the United States title and the Intercontinental title don't mean jack shit, and, and I hate that. But I think, I think um, – our listeners will understand that that's not coming from a venomous place. That's just coming from, from a guy or from two guys who grew up with titles such as the Intercontinental and U S titles really 
propelling people to the next level and i feel like it doesn't do that anymore so it's like especially when something something like this is on a pre-show it kills me now that takes care of the title aspect of it right now if you want to talk about the talent that you put on the pre-show oh my god you want to put mustafa ali on a pre-show and yet you asked me why this retribution thing was a complete failure. See, this is <laughs> this is like uh, how you got you got all uh, all all annoyed and upset and flabbergasted when I told you the dark matches that took place before Passion to Beach. <laughs> I, I mean, in, in, in case in case you in case you missed that episode, this is this is what. This is what Elio is referring to. Okay, so they had a, uh, a a tag team match on that card, um, featuring the the Nasty Boys and oh, uh, to- or I'm so, um I think I think no I think it was because it was it was public. Talk, anime. I, oh, oh, you're talking about the car? Okay, the actual show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so on, on the actual show, right, they had the Nasty Boys and Public Enemy uh, in a, just a joke match. I don't, have, I don't have an issue with those teams, but I'm just saying it was, it was a joke match. And then they also had, um, they also had Dean, Mal- Dean Malenko versus Disco Inferno <laughs> on, on, the, uh, on the card. And then in another kind of asinine match, they had um, they had Big Bubba, <laughs> aka the Big Boss Man, versus the former Earthquake. And don't forget Steve McMichael and Joe Gomez. <laughs> okay, okay, right. So, so we just gave you like what four matches that were on that card. <laughs> oh. Okay, and and ladies and gentlemen, this is a match that was on the pre-show. Are you ready for this? I forget who... who uh, we had yeah, Harlem Heat and the Steiners <laughs> on the pre-show. For the uh, WCW Tag Team Championship. Right, you, got, you had a tag, a tag team match on the main card that wasn't a championship match, but yet you leave off a championship match featuring Harlem Heat and the goddamn Steiner brothers for the titles off the pay-per-view. You know, to steal a line from The Rock, no wonder WCW went out of business. I mean, you know, who, who could possibly imagine... A card. Yeah, don't forget the other match. Eddie Guerrero, I forget who the opponent was, but it, Eddie Guerrero was in the second dark match. Well, you know, it, well, that doesn't necessarily surprise me, considering how considering how WCW was booked at the time. Uh, you know, with cruiserweights. But anyway, you know, it, and it just goes to show you the because if you show me that card. Like okay, let's let's say I didn't know jack shit about pro wrestling, mm-hmm. right? So if you show me that card, I'm not interested. If I didn't know 
let's just say I was I for the sake of this conversation I was a casual fan, but not not really too terribly into it. But I had heard I had heard that they were they were going to do some cool stuff on this show, so I decided to you know check it out. Okay, now obviously if you put if you put you know Hogan you know Nash and Hall in the main event. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very interested in that. But then again, if I hear of those four matches that we just mentioned, and I realize that they're gonna be on the on the main card, and I'm only gonna get to see one match that I'm interested in, I'm not paying for that. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I, I look, and I, I would have missed out on a historical moment. And, and luckily, um, luckily for WCW at this point, you know the the Hogan t- turn and the f- formation of the NWO really saved this pay per view. But the rest of it yep. um, really struggled outside of Rey Mysterio uh, versus Psychosis, which. Which again, and I recommended it um, when we did this review several weeks ago. But if you have not seen Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis from Bash at the Beach '96, uh, this is a match you need to see. I, I mean, I could watch that show every day and not get tired of it. But you know, it, but it just goes to show you some of the. Uh, very strange decisions uh, being being made, even in the midst of uh, WCW's uh, you know biggest successes, I guess. And the whole point of this was uh, to illustrate just uh, what kind of bizarre decisions are made that go into what matches they decide to put on the kickoff show. So exactly. I think this exactly. one. Was- this one was a bad choice on the kickoff show. Yeah, and, and, and look, um, you know, you, there's a lot that could be said about, you know, WWE not booking Matt Riddle properly. I I can't stand how he's being booked. Um, you know, it's like it's like he's got a stoner gimmick, uh, and I. I can't. I cannot stand that. It looks like he belongs in the clerks. You don't like the burrachos? <laughs> no, I don't. Bro, <laughs> come on, bro, bro. Okay. Instead of Ben, instead of Ben Pierce, bro Pierce. <laughs> now, now, given the fact that we were just talking about WCW, I have to, I have to reiterate for the fans that we are talking about Matt Riddle and not. <laughs> but you know, but, but getting back to Fastlane, you know, as Elio was just explaining, the reason why we went back and, and kind of um, revisited, uh, you know, Bash at the Beach '96 a little bit, it you know, it's just it's very confusing to me sometimes that even like years apart, these kind of decisions could could be made because if if you th- if you think about it right so um 
why couldn't why couldn't Braun and Shane be on the pre-show? I mean, because that was fucking useless. No, n- nobody cared about that. And it's, but get and and given given how um, given how Sasha versus uh, Sasha and Bianca versus uh, Nia Jackson Shayna Baszler turned out, I would have put that on the pre-show. I mean, you know, that that sounds like a goddamn crime being committed with you know with with three out of those four women being involved, but you know, just how it turned out and plus it's the women's tag team championships for a match that we know Sasha and Bianca aren't gonna win. I would have put that on the fucking pre-show. And that brings so us to oh sorry, go on. So so just real quick, um one more thought. Um, not and not only not only that, ladies and gentlemen, we have discussed what a colossal failure retribution has been. But you don't even show us the the destruction of retribution outside of a quick replay, and then they don't mention it for the rest of the show. Like what? You don't. You don't have Mustafa Ali cut a promo being pissed off. Uh, what? You, you you don't you don't have you don't have Dominic Dijakovic explain himself. What? <laughs> and and on top of that, on Monday Night Raw, where was Retribution? Where was that storyline? Oh, they were not there on Monday Night. No. <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Okay, so, so not. I didn't mean to commandeer your portion of the show. Please, please continue. So that brings us to the first match, and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retaining the women's tag team championships, defeating the team of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Which what, uh, we saw what was entirely pointless, and we saw the breakdown at, at the end of the match with uh, Sasha slapping Bianca and walking out. Oh, that was so stupid! They they made Bianca look so fucking dumb with Sasha screaming rookie at her. They they pretty much attempted to undo all the work that they put in Bianca Belair. After having her do absolutely nothing when she first came out to the main roster and, and flopped on Raw through no fault of her own. So then after they bring her back to the blue brand, thank Christ, you know, and, and, and build her up. Now you're going to break her back down by having Sasha Banks call her a rookie. Uh, excuse me. Um, Mr. Dumbass fucking person. I don't know if it was Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard or some other goon. You know, but the, <laughs> but, but you know, but the, but the thing is, you have taken a, a, a match that ev- I think everybody wanted to see in in Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, and made it that much less on that much less important. And for that to be the case with these two women involved, what a shame. I mean, 
I can I can't even get heated about that. I mean, I could, but I mean that would that would add you know two hours to the show, and then there goes the idea of a content show, you know. But the, so I mean, I could go on rant and rant and rant, but I'm trying not to do that because we tried to shorten the show last time and it didn't really pan out. Um, after I looked at the lens of uh, the last show we did on Saturday. But, you know, it, it, it just, it boggles my mind some of these decisions that they're making. All right, then uh, the second match on the show, we had Big E to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, feeding Apollo Crews, what happened at the end? I'm, what? I'm confused. What, what happened there? What the fuck was that? No, I'm serious. So what, what happened? I, I, I missed it. The ending. I didn't get oh, that. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So, so it was, it was a, it was a botched, um, like small package kind of, kind of thing. Okay. And um, I think the ref uh, messed up the count because at first it was. Um, Hold on, let me let me just uh, scroll down on the review just to make sure that I I get this right. Hold up, one one second. Uh, let me just just hang on. I'm just I just I just want to I just want to describe this to you um, properly. Okay, so so Biggie caught Apollo with a pin. Um, in, in the small package, uh, but the, the referee uh, like uh, accidentally counted the three, it, or it looked like she accidentally counted the three when uh, when uh, when Biggie um, or I'm good lord, I'm confusing myself. So so yeah, Apollo went for the. Um, you know, went for the pin, and then Biggie like re- reversed it. Okay. But, but like it, it just what it was absolutely asinine. And look, and not only that, because because the, the match was was really getting also a good start. Um, yeah, because I saw the the match looked like it was uh, pretty good when it started. But then, you know, but then they just, um, they completely botched the ending. But aside from the ending, what are you doing giving Big E and Apollo Crews only five minutes and 39 seconds, but yet you have, you have a pre-show situation um, that, um, you know, that goes much longer. It went nine minutes and sixteen seconds, and you give Apollo Cruz and Big E uh, five minutes. Um, am I missing something? And next we had what was to have been Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. However. We see footage of Shane McMahon getting injured while he was training. So he is replaced by Elias. And Braun Strowman defeats Elias. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a nasty surprise for Elias. But um, you know, nobody gives a shit. This whole entire angle is so stupid. And the fact 
did this. Ladies and gentlemen, this was confirmed to be a WrestleMania match last night. We are getting Braun <laughs> versus Shane McMahon in the so, 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 so stupidest match in WrestleMania history. Wait, this wait, is hold on. Is, there, is, there, is there a stipulation in this match? Not yet, but it was confirmed. Uh, oh, the, oh, then we had Seth Rollins defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. This wasn't a bad match, actually. No, no, this was this was a very this was a very good match. I, I really liked the uh, one spot where Shinsuke comes off the rope. He stop, He looks like he's gonna go and kick Seth in the face. He stops. He steps forward and delivers a kick to the back of the head. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, that that was actually. Uh, I think that was actually Seth that did that move. No, no. Oh no! Wait. Yeah, yeah. No, that was Seth. Yeah. 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 But, yeah sorry, I got that but, mixed up. Ah. Okay. Yeah. But, but to your point. To your point, I was gonna mention that spot if you didn't, because that was that was really yeah, cool. Yeah. That was I can't believe it was that Chinsky. Ah, okay. Well, you, prob- you, you probably got crossed up because originally when we were doing the uh, predictions on um, on Saturday for this, and we were talking about this match. We had both picked Seth Rollins, but then you yeah. wrote Chinsky in the uh, yeah your yeah. uh, production notes. So that's probably where it came from. All right, but. Ne- next was my match of the night: Drew McIntyre defeating Sheamus. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what a, what a, what a goddamn match! I mean, I mean, these these two guys um, have really had some classics. So, so as a match, I have no complaints over this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. However. Oh, however, however, okay. Now, remember how I was saying logic concern earlier in the earlier in the in the podcast? Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, this is a big fucking problem. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Especially in this match, because previously on uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, before Fastlane, uh, it was announced that Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre would be going one-on-one um, at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. That was just a creed. There was no match. There was no, like, you know, there was no, okay, how are we going to have this person earn this opportunity? It was just anointed. Which, which at that point makes this match, which was fucking great, completely null and void and pointless. <laughs> because look, all you had to do, they already had a stipulation on it. It was a no holds barred match. Yep. Still, still, it meant nothing because they put the wrong stipulation on it. The stipulation should have been winner goes to WrestleMania to, to face Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. But no, they couldn't do that. 
And on top of that, I'll argue even further. This is the match that should have taken place at Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. to determine who was going to WrestleMania as the champion. Yep. No. Instead, they put the WWE champion in the Elimination Chamber, so that match, the Elimination Chamber, meant nothing because the Miz got in there and fucked everything up <laughs> uh, only to lose the championship <laughs> two weeks later to Bobby fucking Lashley because you can't book the Money in the Bank briefcase properly anymore which is one of the coolest concepts that's ever been created in WWE for my money and yet you still can't book the Money in the Bank briefcase properly because you had to mucky it up with your Bruce Pritchard bullshit. I mean, c- come on. So, so, in other words, you made these two beasts of, of professional wrestlers kick the shit out of each other. And by the way, did you did you see did you see Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre's back after the, after this mess? Oh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre's back. What? Or I'm sorry, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus is back. And was it was it was it uh, even more stand on Raw? Well, no, but it, I mean it was it was still uh, Especially yeah. Sheamus is back was it still was, it was up. the same, yeah. Because I saw that ones from after the match on Raw. Oh, yeah, but but it's, it just it drives me nuts. This was easily one of the highlights of your pay per view, and you fuck it up because it doesn't mean anything. You're you're handicapping these people before they even get in the goddamn ring. It's 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 not you know it's not that hard. I don't understand it. Look, I'm I'm not trying to be an armchair quarterback here, but but just to me, or are are these decisions being completely mishandled simply because you can't think like a logical human being? Uh-huh. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Continue. Next. C- c- continue. Next, we had Alexa Bliss defeating Randy Orton, and we saw the return of the Fiend. Are you sure it was the Fiend and not Ivan fucking Ooze mixed with Freddy Krueger? You didn't like that. I like the mask, but I'll, t- I'll tell you something. I'm just so done with with the fiend. It it doesn't it doesn't matter. He he's destroyed. They have destroyed the fiend on two separate occasions. They have massacred Bray Wyatt's career. They they prostituted him at at you know the show that shall not be named in Saudi Arabia for Goldberg. They fucked him up with Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. That was a tailor-made thing to 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 get to get him to the next stratosphere. And after after all that, 
I and I hate to say this about such a great professional wrestler like Bray Wyatt, and you know, on a very on a very personal level, I apologize for what I have to say next directly to Wyndham Rotunda. I am sorry. I I I think you're fantastic, my friend, but the way that the way that you have been booked, I have never felt more sorry for a human being in a professional wrestling capacity. They have bastardized and prostituted one of the one of the coolest concepts that they have ever come up with. And I shudder to imagine, I shudder to imagine the level of effort and time that Bray Wyatt put into to come up with with this gimmick and resurrect his career. Because you can't tell me that WWE Creative came up with a goddamn fiend on their own. And I know they didn't because I, I remember when the fiend debuted, I went on, I, I went hunting. And, um, and on social media, Bray Wyatt, personally thanked his tattoo artist who helped him who helped him create that mask and that and that whole gimmick and stuff and and Blue White handed Vince a bunch of drawings and put them on his desk and said, you know, this is what we came up with. And he thanked the, his uh, tattoo artist for helping resurrect his career. Can you imagine the amount of money that 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 both of those guys must have put into that, only to have it fucked up to a degree that that is just unforgivable. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I I am known for going on rants, but, and I'm not even trying to do that tonight. I'm being dead-ass serious. You know, sometimes I go on rants because, yes, I'm, I'm, frus- I'm frustrated, and that's very true. And I stand by anything I said um, on this show. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times, you know, rant, I'm just trying to inject some entertainment and some logic into a show that I don't think does a very good job entertaining uh, anybody on a weekly basis. But so there are those kind of rants, but then there are the kind of rants where this is honestly Ben Pierce speaking. This this is a guy who who loves this shit, who loved Bray Wyatt, and it pains me beyond belief to tell you that I don't give a fuck. Now that covers Bray Wyatt. Let's talk about Alexa Bliss and the, and the fantastic work that she's done with this. She ha- has single-handedly uh, carried this storyline since since they uh, since they burned the fiend at TLC. She has made this storyline interesting again. And then you have her pin Randy Orton. You don't just stop the match after the Fiend gets involved. 
Because everybody expected this to be gimmick anyway. Nobody expected this to be a match. And yet you still have Eliza Bliss pin Randy Orton. Oh, uh, were you reading online about like everyone saying about the way she pinned Randy Orton? Well, well, yeah, they, they, well, and and you know, I think that I think that's gone a little far. But even even Randy's wife was like, "You might have just done fucked up, little girl." So she, so no, no, but I think like she was just playing into the, and you know, into the thing. I don't think she was actually serious. No, but I'm that. saying that the, the way the way the way uh, people reacted to that. To well, the, well, that's just people being stupid. I don't. Really that's, that, that's just that's just that's just fans being stupid. Yep. Honest to God, I don't. You know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a grown ass man, and so are you. You know, we've seen that kind of shit before. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're not we're not we're not twelve years old. You know, shitting our pants over a wet T-shirt contest. Well, it's just oh, no. um, I. What 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 is this? I don't I don't understand social media. And yeah, they it's, it's, it's stupid. It's like how people are getting like, oh my god, to do that. Like, I know. Hey, exactly. Okay, that brings us to our main event. I want to know what you thought of this. Roman Reigns defeating Daniel Bryan to retain the championship. We already knew that. But okay, which thing is match? Fucking phenomenal! Please. Please, this is why I have been begging for months upon months on this show for the main event at WrestleMania to be Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. That, that was was a WrestleMania main event match that we saw at Fastlane. That's what needs to be at WrestleMania. Okay, now let's talk. Let's let's talk about Edge for a second, okay. and then and then we'll, we'll circle back to some other aspects of storytelling. Did Edge turn healer? Uh, I don't think he yeah. did. He did. Well, well, well. Let me let me rephrase that. Okay, if the if if there had been a crowd there. That would have been a heel turn for Edge because he snapped and was beating the shit out of both of them with with a steel chair. Okay. You know, I mean, that was that was the psychotic Edge that we used to see. Um, but um, but I don't know if they're gonna go full fledged heel for Edge because it doesn't make sense with the storyline that they've been telling since he came back. But since they came back the first time in 2020, it, it, it doesn't match the redemption storyline that he's trying to get. You know, but, but having said that, that was that, that was an awesome moment that he he created because that, that and um, you know if 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 that's how they have to sell a triple threat match between uh, the two of them, because like look, like you made me pick between. Roman Reigns and Edge, or Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan versus Edge. I'm gonna pick the triple threat match every single time. I'm just saying that Daniel Bryan should have gotten this spot from the jump. Okay. 
it should have been Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns because now, now, and I hate this for Edge, and I'm, I'm not saying anything against Edge. I have been a fan of his forever. So this is, I am by no means criticizing Edge. But he looks like an afterthought in this. And this, that does not do him any good. So here's my fear when it comes to when it comes to Edge. Right? Let's 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 say he wins at at WrestleMania, which I don't want to happen and I don't think will happen. But let's 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 play devil's advocate here and say he wins at WrestleMania. Elio, uh, what do you think happens after that? After where, Edge wins? Where, where, where do they go with it if Edge wins? I don't know. <laughs> but, but no, no, but that, that is a perfectly legitimate answer because that's my fear. Okay? Yeah. Because, where, one, where do they go? Because obviously, you cannot, you can't take the title off of Roman Reigns right now. Um, you know, I mean, you can have Edge pin Dan O'Brien and do it that way, but then, then Seamus, or uh, not just Seamus, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the review and his name is still in, on my screen. Uh, but, um, but I mean, you do that and then Roman, Roman Reigns would have to win it right back. But at that point, it would be too late because he would have already lost on the biggest show of them all. So I, um, I just I don't see that working out, and I just I feel bad for Edge. I really do, um, because because like as a as a fan as a human being. You know, just just a feel good story of of him getting to end the, his career the way he wants. Part of part of me wants that. It's just that what they're doing with Roman Reigns right now, and with the role that he's on, it can't be done. It 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 can't be done without making it look completely asinine. So then, then I ask, well, why wasn't it Seamus versus, or uh, God damn, I got Seamus on the brain. My apologies. <laughs> you know, but why wasn't it, um, you know, Edge versus McIntyre from the jump? I, I, I don't understand that. And I, like, look. Usually, usually I would come on here and and, and really pound that point home uh you know and and be and be stuck on that like a laser beam um but i i am honestly i'm asking i'm asking somebody to explain to me how roman reigns versus edge is a better storyline than roman reigns versus daniel bryan when their backstory from 2014 and 2015 
writes itself. Number one. Uh, number two, they have made it very, very clear that Edge, um, or that this could that this could be Daniel Bryan's last WrestleMania. Um, and 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 number and number three, you know, and and to, and to me. To me, the, the, the biggest part of this is how could this story story go any other way than it than it, it being Roman Reigns? Because what what I mean by that is you know, you have all this history between uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, but yet you have no, you have absolutely no history between Edge and Reigns. So all this time on TV, you've been, you've been spending so much time with Daniel Bryan and Reigns, only to insert, to insert Edge, who previously had no problem with either one of them. I mean, you know, but but then again, and I guess this circles back to point number two, you know, why are they making this so difficult? You know, it, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan sells itself. To me, that sells WrestleMania in and of itself. You know, you know, fuck WWE Network on Peacock. I would pay fifty dollars to see Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan because of all the history that's there. You know, it ties in perfectly with with Roman Reigns' heel character. You know, that would be perfect. And and now, because you're inserting Edge, you're going to make Edge a WWE Hall of Famer feel like an afterthought? I'm, I'm done. You can you can continue. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm somebody and I, I would I would love this. Somebody explain to me, you know, why they went to the direction that they went. I because I, I don't understand it. All right, so uh, we're done that's our review of our fast lane. Um now we're gonna move on to Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. Oh, God. From one source of tremendous pain to another. Ben? Yeah. Before you go on, I'm going to step away from the computer for a second. All right? Okay, doke. Well, since this is my portion of the show, that's yeah. not a problem. All right. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mon- Monday Night Raw kicks off with... Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus again. Why are we getting this match tonight or on on Monday night, I should say, when at Fastlane, it was just determined that, um, you know, that um, Sheamus should be out of any uh, WWE championship situations. 
I'm not saying it wasn't a great match because it was. Um, but you know, what's the what's the point of it? Uh, match number two, um, Oscar versus uh, versus Peyton Royce. Uh, once again, my girl. <laughs> uh, no. Yes, I can't. <laughs> You're a nerd. You're supposed to be off the screen dealing with whatever you have to deal with. Um, but um, <clears throat> but but the, the thing is, um, what what was what, what was the point of this match? I don't. I don't understand it um, because, you know, to this point, you don't have any plans for Asuka at WrestleMania because we're now we're getting conflicting stories about Charlotte and whether she has COVID or whether she's at odds with, w, with WWE over the, over the release of her, of her fiance. So, there's that there's that situation and now um you know after this match um you have Rhea Ripley come out come out and uh kind of make her re-debut and she challenges Asuka uh for the title at uh Wrestlemania now um as a match in and of itself, I believe that Asuka versus Rhea Ripley is going to be absolutely fucking incredible. Take my money. I want to see that match now. Here's the, pro- here's the problem that I have with it. And see, because I, fo- I focus on logic and storytelling. It's a, it's a big thing with me on this podcast. Um, and what has Rhea Ripley done to deserve a WWE championship or uh, a WWE women's championship opportunity at WrestleMania when she hasn't even been on the brand? She hasn't even wrestled a match on the on the brand hardly at all since if at all since she lost last year to Charlotte Flair. I mean so in in what in what universe and I do not give me the smart ass answer of the WWE universe, but in what universe is it logical for Rhea Ripley to challenge for um, the women's championship because because here's the thing: if you knew that Charlotte Flair was going to be out, I don't I don't know if she's injured. I don't know if she has COVID. I don't know you know if she's pissed off. That's because what I, that's of, what I heard um, the COVID thing. I don't know. I don't know if that how true that is. So. Uh, and I also heard that she's pissed off because of Andrade. I don't know which one of those stories is true. Is, yeah, true or is, she, is, she, is she mad because they released him or 
I well, I don't know. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but that's that's what I'm hearing on the dirt sheet. It's not that the dirt sheets mean a damn thing. Be, be, because Andrade is the one that asked for his release, and they uh, they said no at first. Yeah, but then they then they gave it to him. So I don't I don't know what the I don't know what that issue is. So, but I either way, this whole thing is very convoluted, and so you have to insert Rhea Ripley if Charlotte Flair is in question. Now, like like I said, um, like I said, as a match, I I definitely want to see that. Um, you know, but but why? What, what has she done? Like I said, if you knew that Charlotte Flair was, had a situation or that a situation came up, why not, de- why not debut, um, uh, you know, debut R- Ripley um, earlier than this? And, and even, even if this wasn't a situation, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you debut Rhea Ripley after the Royal Rumble and have her build up some wins, and that went, that way you have a logical backup plan if so, if something like this happens, and and then it makes sense to put her in there. But as it stands right now, there is no logical reason that I can think of that would grant Rhea Ripley a championship opportunity at. Ask at Oscar at WrestleMania 37 in her first match on the brand. I don't understand it. Can you can you help me? Do you have any thoughts on that on on that at all? Uh, I guess um, from out of everyone on the NXT. Uh, they felt that the Ripley was the one, the best one choice to go with. Her. I, 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 well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, but this just showcases the weakness of the women's division on Raw. You know, you have to pull up Rhea Ripley of all people. You know, I mean, not that, not that Rhea well, Ripley. She, I think she was already a long time ago, though. You think what? She was ready uh, a long time ago. She's already been ready for the main roster. Uh, well, well, and and on that point, we we had no disagreement whatsoever. It's just the way that she um, is in this situation. It's very mm-hmm. odd. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so then, the next up after that was um, uh, what was it? We we have. Uh, we have the Miz and Morrison. Holy crap! <laughs> oh no! The, not, not, hold, on, hold on, brother, because this here is the ultimate low light. And out, out, oh. outside of this and a couple other other points, I'll be I'll be done I'll be done with this rather quickly. This is this is not a whole thing, but I do want to I do want to bring up this and. One or two other things. Um, because it has now been confirmed that Bad Bunny and Damien Priest will be challenging the Miz and Morrison at Mania. 
Oh, I'm looking forward to that. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Why not? Bad Bunny you're, in the ring? Come on. Why not? You're, you're, you're full of shit. And if, <laughs> if I believe for one second that you were serious, I, w- I would cut this podcast off so quickly. <laughs> but I'm the one that's recording, so, so I run the controls. Well, I would just sign off, bitch. <laughs> anyway, to, to talk about being... Talk about being in control. I have control on my side of the board too, bitch. Um. Anyway, so not only has that tag team match been confirmed, which is bad enough in and of itself, but Elio, I hate to break this to you, but Uh-oh. but next week live on yeah. Mon- on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. The Miz and Morrison will be de- will be debuting a new rap video. Oh no, no. Called... no. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Okay. Hey, hey, hip hop. Oh, is that uh, what you were talking about when you sent me that message in the in the yes. chat? Yes. What? <laughs> no. What, what the hell is going on? What the hell? So. <clears throat> So, of course, that's a little light. Okay? Now, the the next low light has to be the has to be the fact that and I I, I hate doing this, but this is this is only because this is only because um, AJ Styles and Omos are challenging um, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. I actually want to see Omos in the ring. I want to see how how he is actually in the ring. But but I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this a uh, a low light because because why is AJ Styles in this situation? So just because of that, I have to call this a low light. Okay. Okay, then after after that, it is Drew McIntyre versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and the the only the only reason I have to bring I have to bring up this situation, um, is because there was no stipulation at Fastlane for Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, but there's a stipulation. For Drew McIntyre versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. What was that? Well, the stipulation was that if if Drew McIntyre won, then then these two would be banned from from ringside at WrestleMania for McIntyre's match against Lashley. Which wouldn't it have made more sense to put a stipulation on? On Sheamus versus McIntyre at Fastlane, I don't know. Uh, winner faces Lashley at WrestleMania. Oh, oh, that's right. I said that already. I guess I have to re- reiterate myself because it makes too much sense to be featured on Monday Night Raw. But whatever. What do I know? We're just a bunch of goofy podcasters. What the fuck? Um, and and you know. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Shannon Baszler yummy. and Nia Jax. Yummy. Ultimate low light. 
And why do you ask? Why? <laughs> because they're yummy. Well, well, uh, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, absolutely. But let me tell you why. Okay. This is a, this is a low what. All right. Because before this match took place, there was a a uh, promo slash segment where Nia Jax took Reginald suit shopping. Again? But yes, again. But, oh. but, but no, no, not, I'm asking again because uh, is this like the second time they did this segment? Uh, no, I think uh, no, I think the first one was a spa day for for Reginald. Whatever. Oh, because I remember this on uh, SmackDown as well. They did something. Well, like well this. then, well, yes, and I remember that too. So this could be the, the second All right, time. Okay. But my, my point my point being so this this segment was um was uh, Nia Jax crushing on uh, on uh, Reginald. Reginald? Oh, no. because as he was modeling the suits oh, no. he did a backflip toward uh, toward Nia in one of the suits. And she's and she and she slapped his ass with two hands. So apparently, <laughs> we have to be subjected to that. Now, so Why? that makes this whole thing a little light Why? for. Why? <laughs> I don't know, but are you okay? Why? <laughs> No, I'm not okay. <laughs> See, this is why I told you don't watch Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm allergic to this bullshit. Um, but but from an in-ring perspective, why? Uh, uh, from an in-ring perspective, I have two problems with this match. One. Why was Dana Brooke getting any offense in on Shayna Baszler? And number two, why was Reginald in the ring doing flips during the match only to what? get was he yeah. in the match? No, he he was he was he was in uh, he was distracting uh, distracting uh, Nia. They oh. ended up winning the match anyway, but. He was impressing Naya with her, with his flips and don't shit. Do that. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. I don't need to see that. If I wanted to see uh, Reginald doing flips and all that stuff, I would have watched him when he was part of Circus Away, not on Monday Night Goddamn Fucking Raw. What was I forceful enough in my statement? Yes. <laughs> And then put this, this right here, and then and then we're just gonna get off of of Monday Night Raw because nothing else important happened after this. Because when the fiend when when the fiend came out, it was pretty much the same thing that we saw at Fastlane. So this is the last this is the last thing that I'll mention. Oh so, wow! Okay. Well, we had Elias versus Braun Strowman. 
in a three-man and five-match featuring new sound effects for Braun Strowman. Guess no, what they no, are? What? Guess what they are? Uh, train whistle. <laughs> no, it is the sound of a choo-choo train. Like the whole thing, the locomotive and the whistle while he's running around the ring before he does his, his you know. No, oh, wait, wait, hold on, wait. They play, the sound, they play the sound effect during the match when he's doing that spot? Yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, so, you need to insert some Thomas the Train uh, sound effects before I say this. Uh, you know, this section on the actual um, when you upload the episode. Okay. Be- because this is so fucking stupid. We, we, have, we, have, we have a monster being portrayed as stupid by Shane McMahon and he wants to prove to Shane that he's not stupid and he's getting pissed off. But yet we we as fans had to be subjected to him running around the ring uh, while listening to choo-choo train sounds in the background. Oh my god, oh what the hell? If oh. I wa- if if I wanted to be entertained by a choo-choo train, I would have watched Thomas the train like I did back when I was a toddler, and that is more entertaining. The Braun Strowman's entire career in the WWE. Oh my God. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my professional analysis of Monday Night Raw. I tried with everything in me to make entertaining for you, and I hope to God. The wrestling gods above and the religious gods as well, because we need all the help that we can get after choo choo, after choo choo trains and flying for two consecutive weeks. Elio, what what do you what do you got for me to wrap up the show, man? Because I I'll tell you what, I I need some help. Let, let me let me grab some Mountain Dew while you while you get the next statement prepared, because I oh my god. Hey, Elio, you're on mute. Sorry, I don't know how that happened. Okay. All right, so we are now going to Ben's homework corner to take a look at this week's assignments. So this week we have two assignments since we have two shows, uh, this one and uh, one on Saturday. So for tonight's assignment, we, Ben, my student here Mr. Ben Pierce has been assigned to watch Monday Night Raw from January 7, 2002 featuring the return of Triple H Yes and I, I have to tell you watching a show that is that is 17 and a half years old is so much more entertaining than watching Raw today so let's get that. No, go on. That that was so much fun. All right, so let's take a look at the six dark matches that took place prior to the show. We had Brock Lesnar defeating Rico Constantino. 
and and we should we should mention, ladies and gentlemen, that the reason the reason that there were so many dark matches prior to this show was because it w- it was in Madison Square Garden. Then we had Randy Orton defeating Ron Waterman, followed by the Hurricane defeating Funaki, Crash Holly defeating Prince Nana. If you're right, do you recognize that name? No. All right, he was uh, in ROH. I don't, I don't know if you recall a faction called the Embassy. Nope. Oh, okay. Then we have Patty Perry Saturn defeating John Jairus. And to round out the dark matches, Christian defeated Low Key. Poor Low Key. <laughs> And uh, yes, low key, not not no whatever uh, cabal or whatever they called him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, low key did not have a good run in uh, WWE. And, and, oh and my I, god! And I had to briefly pause to re- remember the exact name to remember the name Cabal. <laughs> Sorry, I know that. Uh, I, I I apologize to you. Uh, all right, so our opening match is Rob Van Dam defeating Test in three minutes forty-four seconds. Oh God, um, you know, uh, Rob, I love Rob Van Dam. He's actually one of my one of my uh, favorites because he was just so damn good. You know, he was he was so damn innovative, and you know that. They put over the fact that this was his debut in Madison Square Garden, and and good for him. And you know, seeing seeing it's always the case, but seeing Test and just the the sad circumstances um, surrounding him, um, I always have a difficult time watching Test matches. Yes, uh, and I uh, he 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 would have. Uh... He would have had on uh, March seventeenth is he would have had his uh, birthday on March seventeenth. His birthday is March seventeenth, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, so, I mean, so he would have been uh, forty six. I mean, what a what an incredibly sad situation. Um, you know, uh, can you imagine dying at thirty three years old? I mean, I'm I'm just a few months away from that myself. Uh, I'll be I'll be 33 on June 7th, and I could not. And you know, my hand to God, I hope I'm not I'm not tempting fate here. But I yeah I, I it's just so tragic when somebody dies that young. You know, and when and when you're reminded of situations like that, when you do when you do have. Uh, Tess show up on a on a retro um, episode of Raw, and given the fact that I am, you know that that age, it 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 just goes to show you how incredibly young that really is to die. And and it, and, it, and I think that's part of the reason why, like when I was watching this, or you know, I was having a hard time. Because like I know that we're we're around, or he, he was he w- was around my age when he died. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just it struck me as very strange. But moving on to uh, 
Match number two, Billy and Chuck defeating Scotty Tuhati and Albert. Uh, well, that was a um, that, that was, was a, a weird pairing. Yeah, yeah, that was a very uh, strange pairing, and um, <clears throat> I guess um, I guess they didn't have Grandmaster Sexy in the back. Um, but um, I, I was just I was never a fan of Billy and Chuck. No, no, neither was I. No. I I I really. They were really pushing the, um, you know, the, the gay thing. And look, I, I, I don't get political or anything controversial on this show. I don't give a damn if, if someone's gay or whatever. I really don't. I couldn't care possibly any less. But... The way that this was portrayed was disgusting. Uh, th- I mean, this this was just a miss oh my all God. the way, Billy, all the way Billy around. Gunn. Billy Gunn was terrible in this role. Um, well, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, then we had the Intercontinental Championship, Edge, defeating Lance Storm to hold on to that champ- title. This match pissed me off. They gave this match a minute and ten seconds. Wow. Yeah, because when 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 I when I saw it was gonna be Edge versus Lance Storm, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a good match. I didn't remember this. I was I was excited about it. Nope. One minute and ten seconds for Edge uh, and Lance Storm. Now the. Uh, Oh, no, no, actually, I was still living at my other house around this time. So, yeah, no, because I don't, I don't uh, really remember much about it in 2002. I think I was uh, still, like, I was uh, going to the library a lot and doing the work there. And then two years later, I went back to school. Okay, so we had Steve Austin and The Rock defeating Booker T and the Big Boss Man in the next match. Once again, very very weird pairing. Booker T and the Boss Man. That is a weird pairing. Not 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 to say it wasn't it wasn't a good match, but I was like, why is this taking place? Yeah. <laughs> then we had Chris Jericho defeating Rikishi. What is with these short match times? Four minutes I, and twenty seven seconds. Wow. I felt I felt like I was watching a show from the eighties, but then I'm like, wait a minute, I grew up in this time frame. And in that main event, the hardcore match for the tag team championships, Taz and Spike Dudley defeating the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon. And we have new champions. Yeah, the the, the ending was funny because uh see, Stacey Keebler uh, went to distract Taz, you know, by, by pulling her skirt, skirt up. And, um, you know, she um, she ended up distracting um, Bubba, which I don't, I don't blame Bubba. I think any, uh, any straight man would be very distracted by Stacey Keebler li- lifting up her skirt. <laughs> um, but but he, he turns... Um, he turns right around and, and and gets um put through the table, which doesn't break. Um, oh. so so they had to do the, the 
we had to do a different spot with um, Spike Dudley um, performing the Dudley Dog on um, on uh, Bubba to get the get get the pin. All right. And... I'll tell you what. The original spot where the table didn't break that looked painful as fuck. And like Taz, I I, I happen to notice this while. While uh, Spike was um, performing the the, the the Dudley Dog actually get, get him through the, the table to where it would break, Taz had to like hold one leg of the table up. Oh, because like when because when they originally did the uh, did uh, did the spot to put him through the table, it didn't break, but it it collapsed one of the legs. Oh wow. So like here's Taz like holding the the one side of the table up so Ooh. that the spot could be performed. Ooh, okay. All right. So that is, and then uh, of course we had the return of Triple H, and the crowd went insane for this. Oh, oh, but you're forgetting something, aren't oh. you? Now. Well, what's that? Because Trish Stratus versus Terry Reynolds apparently. Had a match, which I can assure you it wasn't a match. It was, it was a wet t-shirt contest. Oh, see, see I, I don't have that on, on the list here. This is why. Yeah, but but um, <laughs> but uh, and the only reason I bring this up was because um, Jim Ross is the reactions to uh, oh, no. to uh, to Jerry Lawler's conduct. Was hilarious. <laughs> he, he he was he was like uh, you know, don't uh, don't shoot the water gun too early. Um, I I I can assure you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those t-shirts are cotton. In case you're interested, you know he's um he's really trying to cover up for uh, <laughs> for um you know Jerry Lawler and at at one point. <laughs> At one point, Jerry Lawler says something. I can't remember what he said, but it, <laughs> you can you can hear um, like really really low. Um, uh, Jim Ross says, "Oh, oh, good God!" <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Yeah, but no, no. I'm talking more specifically about Jerry Lawler because yeah. some, of his, some of his his some of his commentary wouldn't fly today. Yep. Sure. All right, and then we had, of course, the return of Triple H. That was epic. I've I've seen that so many times, and I ne- and I never and never do I not get chilled. I mean, nope. it's just. The way that that crowd reacted to a heel to give him that level of, of respect, I mean, I that that is one of the coolest crowd reactions I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is Monday Night Raw for January second, two thousand two. Ben, would you like to hear what assignment I have for you on Saturday? Well, I think it's I think it's SummerSlam '89, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I will I will get on that. 
Um, oh, well, let's take a look at what I have. Oh, no, well, let's take a look at what I have prior uh, after that, because I, I told you about breakdown, but after breakdown, we have yet another one. What's that? We have Judgment Day 2000. Oh, yeah, that'll be a good one. And then following that, we're gonna rewind the, we're gonna, we're gonna wind the clock back and go return to the 80s for WrestleFest 88. Oh, very good. Oh, the year of my birth. We're going, <laughs> way, way, we're going way back. Now, before we close out the show, I found these two items on Instagram because I follow AEW and WWE. So right. Ben, First, we're going to look at AEW, and we're going to, I'm curious to see what a, 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 what Ben's AEW faction would look like. Yeah, so let right. uh, me put my thinking cap on. So hold on, first of all, we're going to start with your birthday, well, your birth month, of course, so that one, but your choice, the second column is your favorite food, okay? And so they have a list of choices here, okay? Okay. So yeah, pizza, ice cream, sushi, burger, steak, salad, tacos, mac and cheese, barbecue ribs, pasta, chicken strips, and bacon. Ribs. Ribs. Oh, wow. All right. Ribs it is. Let me just uh, mark that down. Ribs it is. Alrighty. So, ribs it is. Alright. The, the third column is your favorite color. So we have blue, orange, yellow, black, white, red, purple, green, pink, gold, gray, and brown. Red. Oh, wow. Red in it? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. You have an interesting <laughs> faction. Damn, sir. Oh, um, wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> ben Pierce is a manager, okay? Oh, And here's who you have in your faction. Yeah, Penta. And what, and what was he for? My birth month? Yeah, he's June. Yeah, Penta. Okay. Yeah, Colt Cabana. And what was he for? For your favorite food. Oh, God. And you have Jade Cargill. Wow. That is, that is, that is, a, <laughs> that's, that is an interesting faction. Let's take a look at what mine would be. Penta, Cabana, and Jay Cargill. Good <laughs> lord. Okay, let's take a look at mine. So, of course, I, I can't do my month because uh, my month is already done for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with pizza because I love pizza. And my favorite color is blue. So who do I have? I have I have, we have me as manager. I have Scorpio Sky. Okay. Sting. 
and Cody Rhodes. You have a better faction than me. <laughs> Jesus, hold on. <laughs> well, I wow. think we know. I think we know who's winning that six-person six tag. <laughs> okay, and now, um, finally, I would like to know how well my co-host here knows Drew McIntyre. Ben, are you ready for your eight trivia questions? Yes. Question number one. Drew McIntyre, who did Drew McIntyre defeat to win his first championship in WWE? John Morrison, R-Truth, The Miz, or Jeff Hardy? Um, fuck. No, fuck's not one of the answers. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, I, I want to say it was John Morrison. Correct. Cool. Who accompanied Drew McIntyre when he first appeared in WWE? Was it William Regal, Mr. McMahon, Dave Taylor, or Kelly Kelly? Uh, Dave Taylor. Correct. In which city did McIntyre make his WrestleMania debut? Tampa, Florida, Glendale, Arizona, Miami, Florida, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Well, let's see. So it would have been, uh, what, 2000, I'm trying to think, um, 2009. Tell, tell me the choices again. I'm not, I'm not cheating. I'm just trying to Wait, think. No, your choices are Tampa, Florida, Glendale, Arizona, Miami, Florida, East Rutherford, New Jersey. I think it was, uh, I think it was Miami. Glendale, Arizona. Oh, bullshit. All right. (laughs) Who did McIntyre beat in his first NXT match? Killian Dane, Roderick Strong, Wesley Blake, or Oni Lorcan? Oh shit. Um oh this is when he came back. Um um Oni Lorcan, I think. Correct. He has competed in each of the following except what? A TLC match, extreme rules, two out of three falls, or hell in a cell. I I don't think he, I, I don't think he's been in hell or so. The answer is two out of three falls. Okay. All right. McIntyre aligned with who upon his return to Raw in 2018? Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus, or Jinder Mahal? Unfortunately, it was all safer. Correct. Everyone knew that. Okay, how many men did he eliminate in the 2020 Royal Rumble match? Four, five, six, or seven? Four. Six. Oh, bullshit. Ow. (laughs) Okay, who was Drew's first one-on-one WrestleMania foe? Was it Brock Lesnar, 
Kofi Kingston, Kane, or Roman Reigns? Oh my God. I'm really going to take a shot in the dark. I, I don't know. I think it was Kane. Roman Reigns. Yeah, oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, right, he really, he really was the chosen one. One, two, three. All right, uh, and four. Okay, so out of eight, you got, uh, so again, four and four. Well, it's not terrible. All right, so Ben, we see bring show, this show to a close. Very good. All right, fans. That's been our results show for uh, Fastlane. This has been the PNC Christian Wrestling Podcast. We will be back on Saturday on, with uh, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, and Ben's Homework Corner featuring SummerSlam 89, highlighted by Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake taking on the team of Randy Savage and Zeus. So, for my co-host, Ben Pierce, I'm Elio Canella. We will talk to you all on Saturday. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night. I think I've done enough talking for now. We do appreciate it. We'll see you next time. In the, in the meantime, hit our goddamn outro. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over